Chapter Thirteen of Mr. Scarborough's Family. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brooke Cunningham. Mr. Scarborough's Family by Anthony Trollope. Chapter Thirteen. Mrs. Montjoy's Anger. Florence, as she went home in the fly with her mother after the party at which Harry had spoken to her so openly, did not find the little journey very happy. Mrs. Montjoy was a woman endowed with the strong power of wishing rather than of willing, of desiring rather than of contriving, but she was one who could make herself very unpleasant when she was thwarted. Her daughter was now at last fully determined that if she ever married anybody, that person should be Harry Ansley. Having once pressed his arm in token of assent, she had, as it were, given herself away to him, so that no reasoning, no expostulations, could, she thought, change her purpose, and she had much more power of bringing about her proposed design than had her mother. But her mother could be obstinate and self-willed, and would, for the time, make herself disagreeable. Florence had assured her lover that everything should be told her mother that night before she went to bed, but Mrs. Montjoy did not wait to be simply told. No sooner were they seated in the fly together than she began to make her inquiries. "'What has that man been saying to you?' she demanded. Florence was at once offended by hearing her lover so spoken of, and could not simply tell the story of Harry's successful courtship, as she had intended. Mamma, she said, "'why do you speak of him like that?' "'Because he is a scamp.' "'No, he is no scamp.' It is very unkind of you to speak in such terms of one whom you know is very dear to me. I do not know it. He ought not to be dear to you at all. You have been for years intended for another purpose. This was intolerable to Florence, this idea that she should have been considered as capable of being intended for the purposes of other people. And a resolution at once was formed in her mind that she would let her mother know that such intentions were futile. But for the moment she sat silent. A journey home at twelve o'clock at night, in a fly, was not the time for the expression of her resolution. "'I say he is a scamp,' said Mrs. Montjoy. "'During all these inquiries that have been made after your cousin, he has known all about it.' "'He has not known all about it,' said Florence. "'You contradict me in a very impertinent manner, and cannot be acquainted with the circumstances. The last person who saw your cousin in London was Mr. Henry Ansley.' and yet he has not said a word about it while search was being made on all sides and he saw him under circumstances most suspicious in their nature so suspicious as to have made the police arrest him if they were aware of them he had at the moment grossly insulted captain scarborough no mamma no it was not so how do you know how can you tell i do know and i can tell the ill usage had come from the other side then you too have known the secret and have said nothing about it you too have been aware of the violence which took place at that midnight meeting you have been aware of what befell your cousin the man to whom you were all but engaged and you have held your tongue at the instigation no doubt of mr henry ansley oh florence you also will find yourself in the hands of the policeman at this moment the fly drew up at the door of the house in montpelier place and the two ladies had to get out and walk up the steps into the hall where they were congratulated on their early return from the party by the lady's maid mamma i will go to bed said florence as soon as she reached her mother's room i think you had better my dear though heaven knows what disturbances there may be during the night 
by this mrs montjoy had intended to imply that prodgers the policeman might probably lose not a moment more before he would at once proceed to arrest miss montjoy for the steps she had taken in regard to the disappearance of captain scarborough she had heard from harry ansley the fact that he had been brutally attacked by the captain in the middle of the night in the streets of london and for this in accordance with her mother's theory she was to be dragged out of bed by a constable and that probably before the next morning should have come there was something in this so ludicrous as regarded the truth of the story and yet so cruel as coming from her mother that florence hardly knew whether to cry or laugh as she laid her head upon the pillow but in the morning as she was thinking that the facts of her own position had still to be explained to her mother that it would be necessary that she should declare her purpose and the impossibility of change now that she had once pledged herself to her lover mrs montjoy came into the room and stood at her bedside with that appearance of ghostly displeasure which always belongs to an angry old lady in a nightcap well mamma florence there must be an understanding between us i hope so i thought there always had been i am sure mamma you have known that i have never liked captain scarborough so as to become his wife and i think you have known that i have liked harry ansley likings are all fiddlesticks no mamma or if you object to the word i will say love you have known that i have not loved my cousin and that i have loved this other man that is not nonsense that at any rate is a stern reality if there be anything real in the world stern you may well call it stern i mean unbending strong not to be overcome by outside circumstances if mr ansley had not spoken to me as he did last night could never have so spoken to me i should have been a miserable girl but my love for him would have been just as stern i should have remained and thought of it and have been unhappy through my whole life but he has spoken and i am exultant that is what i mean by stern all that is most important at any rate to me i am here now to tell you that it is impossible very well mamma then things must go on and we must bide our time it is proper that i should tell you that he has disgraced himself never i will not admit it you do not know the circumstances exclaimed florence it is most impertinent in you to pretend that you know them better than i do said her mother indignantly the story was told to me by himself yes and therefore told untruly i grieve that you should think so of him mamma but i cannot help it where you have got your information i cannot tell but that mine has been accurately told me i feel certain at any rate it is my duty to look after you and to keep you from harm i can only do my duty to the best of my ability mr ansley is to my thinking a most objectionable young man and he will i believe be in the hands of the police before long evidence will have to be given in which your name will unfortunately be mentioned why my name it is not probable that he will keep in a secret when cross-questioned as to his having divulged the story to some one he will declare that he has told it to you when that time shall come it will be well that we should be out of the country i propose to start from here on this day week uncle magnus will not be able to have us then we must loiter away our time on the road i look upon it as quite imperative that we shall both be out of england within eight days time of this but where will we go never mind i do not know that i have as yet quite made up my mind but you may understand that we shall start from cheltenham this day week baker will go with us and i shall leave the other two servants in charge of the house i cannot tell you anything farther as yet except that i will never consent to your marriage with mr henry ansley you had better know that for certain and then there will be less cause for unhappiness between us so saying 
the angry ghost with the nightcap on stalked out of the room it need hardly be explained that miss montjoy's information respecting the scene in london had come to her from augustus scarborough when he told her that ansley had been the last in london to see his brother montjoy and had described the nature of the scene that had occurred between them he had no doubt forgotten that he himself had subsequently seen his brother in the story as he had told it there was no need to mention himself no necessity for such a character in making up the tragedy of that night no doubt according to his idea the two had been alone together harry had struck the blow by which his brother had been injured and had then left him in the street montjoy had subsequently disappeared and harry had told to no one that such an encounter had taken place this had been the meaning of augustus scarborough when he informed his aunt that harry had been the last who had seen montjoy before his disappearance to mrs montjoy the fact had been most injurious to harry's character harry had wilfully kept the secret while all the world was at work looking for montjoy scarborough and as far as mrs montjoy could understand it might well be that harry had struck the fatal blow that had sent her nephew to his long account all the impossibilities in the case had not dawned upon her it had not occurred to her that montjoy could not have been killed and his body made away without some great effort in the performance of which the scamp would hardly have risked his life or his character but the scamp was certainly a scamp even though he might not be a murderer or he would have revealed the secret in fact mrs montjoy believed in the matter exactly what augustus had intended and so believing had resolved that her daughter should suffer any purgatory rather than become harry's wife but her daughter had made her resolutions exactly in the contrary direction she in truth did know what had been done on that night while her mother was in ignorance the extent of her mother's ignorance she understood but she did not at all know where her mother had got her information she felt that harry's secret was at hands other than he had intended and that some one must have spoken of the scene it occurred to florence at the moment that this must have come from mountjoy himself whom she believed and rightly believed to have been the only second person present on the occasion and if he had told it to any one then must that any one know where and how he had disappeared and the information must have been given to her mother solely with the view of damaging harry's character and of preventing harry's marriage thinking of all this florence felt that a premeditated and foul attempt for as she turned it in her mind the attempt seemed to be very foul was being made to injure harry a false accusation was brought against him and was grounded on a misrepresentation of the truth in such a manner as to subvert it altogether to harry's injury it should have no effect upon her to this determination she came at once and declared to herself solemnly that she would be true to it an attempt was made to undermine him in her estimation but they who made it had not known her character she was sure of herself now within her own bosom that she was bound in a peculiar way to be more than ordinarily true to harry ansley in such an emergency she ought to do for harry ansley more than a girl in common circumstances would be justified in doing for her lover harry was maligned ill-used and slandered her mother had been induced to call him a scamp and to give as her reason for doing so an account of a transaction which was altogether false though she no doubt had believed it to be true as she thought of all this she resolved that it was her duty to write to her lover and tell him the story as she had heard it it might be most necessary that he should know the truth she would write her letter and post it so that it should be altogether beyond her mother's control and then would tell her mother that she had written it she at first thought that she would keep a copy of the letter and show it to her mother 
but when it was written those first words intended for a lover's eyes which had never been produced by her pen she found that she could not subject those very words to her mother's hard judgment her letter was as follows dear harry you will be much surprised at receiving a letter from me so soon after our meeting last night but i warn you that you must not take it amiss i should not write now were it not that i think it may be for your interest that i should do so i do not write to say a word about my love of which i think you may be assured without any letter i told mamma last night what had occurred between us and she of course was very angry you will understand that knowing how anxious she has been on behalf of my cousin mountjoy she has always taken his part and i think it does mamma great honour not to throw him over now that he is in trouble i should never have thrown him over in his trouble had i ever cared for him at all in that way i tell you that fairly master harry but mamma in speaking against you which she was bound to do in supporting poor mountjoy declared that you were the last person who had seen my cousin before his disappearance and she knew that there had been some violent struggle between you indeed she knew all the truth as to that night except that the attack had been made by mountjoy on you she turned the story all around declaring that you had attacked him which as you perceive gives a totally different appearance to the whole matter somebody has told her though who it may have been i cannot guess but somebody has been endeavouring to do you all the mischief he can in the matter and has made mamma think evil of you she says that after attacking him you brutally ill-using him you had left him in the street and had subsequently denied all knowledge of having seen him you will perceive that somebody has been at work inventing a story to do you a mischief and i think it right that i should tell you but you must never believe that i shall believe anything to your discredit it would be to my discredit now i know that you are good and true and noble and that you would not do anything so foul as this it is because i know this that i have loved you and shall always love you let mamma and others say what they will you are now to me all the world oh harry harry when i think of it how serious it seems to me and yet how joyful i exult in you and will do so let them say what they may against you you will be sure of that always will you not be sure of it but you must not write a line in answer not even to give me your assurance that must come when we shall meet at length say after a dozen years or so i shall tell mamma of this letter which circumstances seem to demand and shall assure her that you will write no answer to it oh harry you will understand all that i might say of my feelings in regard to you your own florence this letter when she had written it and copied it fair and posted the copy in the pill-box close by she found that she could not in any way show absolutely to her mother in spite of all her efforts it had become a love-letter and what genuine love-letter can a girl show even to her mother but she at once told her of what she had done mamma i have written a letter to harry ansley you have yes mamma i have thought it right to tell him what you heard about that night and you have done this without my permission without even telling me what you were going to do if i had asked you you would have told me not of course i should have told you not good gracious has it come to this that you correspond with the young gentleman without my leave and when you know that i would not have given it ma in this instance it was necessary who was to judge of that if he is to be my husband but he is not to be your husband you are never to speak to him again you shall never be allowed to meet him you shall be taken abroad and there you shall remain and he shall hear nothing about you if he attempts to correspond with you he will not how do you know i have told him not to write told him indeed 
much he will mind such telling and i shall give your uncle magnus full account of it all and ask for his advice he is a man in a high position and perhaps you may think it fit to obey him although you utterly refuse to be guided in any way by your mother then the conversation for the moment came to an end but florence as she left her mother assured herself that she could not promise any close obedience to any such matters to sir magnus End of chapter 13 Recording by Brooke Cunningham from Knoxville, Tennessee